0: Missionary Baptist Church welcomes you to a time of harvest. It is our hope and prayer that the Spirit of the Lord reaches you through today's message and strengthens your walk with Christ so that you may pass along the Word and strengthen others walk with Christ. And now we present to you a time of harvest. His grace yeah. the valley of death shall in no ways be entangled but by God's hand you shall be kept <laughs> so if I go. ¡Oh! So- Say the lord
1: good morning welcome to a time of harvest with the Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church I'm Fred Jeff Smith pastor of Shiloh and I'm very happy that you chose to spend part of your Sunday with us As you prepare to receive the word of God we're going to be looking at a passage of scripture found in the 56th Psalm where in verse 4 David says, when I'm really afraid, I go to God in trust. We're going to be talking about reassurance in times of fear. We pray that this message will be a help to you and to your family. And we invite you at your earliest convenience to come and share with us in a worship experience or a Bible study here at Shiloh. We're here every Sunday at 8 and 11 for worship. Church school is at 945. We're here on Wednesdays at noon and 630 for the study of God's Word. If you're enjoying this broadcast, we invite you to tune in this evening for a closer look at 6 o'clock p.m., also on CW21. It's our one-hour Bible study highlight broadcast. You'll be blessed by sharing in that as well. Thank you for being a part of a time of harvest. I want to talk for a few minutes about reassurance in times of fear, reassurance in times of fear. Fear is a natural human condition. Fear is natural under the conditions that we face today. Being a Christian, does not free a sensible person from fear. But our faith does give us something to cling to in times of fear. Basic psychology teaches that humans fear two basic things, known danger and the unknown. In our society today, we are faced with a combination of the two. We know that changes are taking place in our nation, in our communities, in our neighborhoods. The Trump administration is a known danger. With his lies and deceit, with his xenophobia and his bully tactics, with his affinity for dictators and dictatorships, with his corruption and collusion. He's a known danger. The Supreme Court has become a known danger with its right-leaning conservative stances that will allow states to gerrymander districts to the point that politicians are picking their voters instead of voters picking their politicians. The Senate is a known danger with its feckless abandonment of its responsibility to serve the nation and not simply cower to the demands of the president. These are among the many known dangers we face today. But what remains unknown is how these realities will affect us in the months and the years to come. We don't know how they will affect our children. So for a lot of us, these events give rise to fear in our hearts. Now, I know that someone hearing me at this moment is thinking about 2 Timothy 1 and 7 where Paul says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And and they're saying to themselves, Pastor, Christians have no business being afraid if they're trusting in God. But in response to that, I would say two things. First, stop eisegeting the passage and exegete the passage. Paul was telling Timothy not to be timid about exercising the spiritual gift of proclamation and instruction that he had received. So be careful how you use a text to make sure that it says what God wants it to say. But second, we should not use scripture to suggest that human fear is sinful because it is not. But as Christians, we must not permit ourselves to be controlled by our fear. That's the point of our passage today. When I get afraid, I go to God in trust. Fear Fear is normal. Fear is human. But fear need not be paralyzing. And you see, that's what Satan wants. Satan wants us to be paralyzed. In his effort to thwart God's work in the world, Satan tries to use our fear to cause a state of spiritual paralysis and impotence so that the work of building God's kingdom goes undone. Satan's logic is simple. If I can intimidate you, if I can create a situation where you feel anxious and uncertain and vulnerable, if I can cause you to focus on your feelings rather than on the things that God has called you to do, then you become ineffective in God's service. All right. And, church, know this today. If you are ineffective in God's service, then you are very effective in Satan's service. Satan's specialty is neutralizing God's saints and rendering them ineffective. Looking at what's happening in our world today, it is positively shameful the way segments of the church are fawning all over President Trump and his conservative agenda. And the way that things are currently playing themselves out, you can't help but see Satan's fingerprints all over the Christian conservative right. For the record, it is satanic to support separating children from their parents at the border as a tactic to curb immigration from brown countries. It is satanic to support the Supreme Court giving the green light to gerrymandering in these legislative districts across the country, which will lead to more racial polarization. It is satanic to support a president that demeans and dehumanizes women whenever it suits him. It is satanic to support a president that puts himself above God and has said numerous times that he has never asked forgiveness of God for anything because he's never felt the need to really yeah. it's satanic to support an administration that wants to cut needed supplements for the poor but continues to subsidize the rich. And when you look at how church attendance has plummeted in recent years, less than 30% in a recent New York Times report, it's because Satan has neutralized God's church by pandering to white Christians' fears. How do we deal with our fear? David has an answer for us. He says, when I really get afraid, I go to God in trust. What David is describing is is the feeling of, of reassurance that he had, which can only come from God. And my brothers and sisters, all of us, from time to time, need reassurance. I'm grateful for God's assurance, but sometimes I need more than assurance. Sometimes I need reassurance. When you pass through the waters, they will not overcome you. And when you pass through the fire, you will not be burned. For I, the Lord, will be with you. That's more than assurance. That's reassurance. In this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world that's more than assurance That's reassurance. When life is tossing you back and forth like a ship on the sea, you need more than assurance You need re. Assurance. David here offers a word of reassurance. The background for the psalm is found in 1 Samuel 21 and 10. Saul, the king of Israel, was persecuting David. And David, out of fear for his safety, fled from his home and sought sanctuary in a place called Gad but he wasn't received there and he had to run away again. And he ended up hiding in a cave. It was a bad time in his life. He had done nothing wrong. He had served his king and his nation well, but still he was hated and persecuted without a cause. Shiloh, what was true for David? It's true for some of us today. Somebody in here is being mistreated and being persecuted, even though you haven't done anything to deserve the treatment that you are receiving. And in fact, it's the one that you did the most for. That's now trying to hurt you a reality of life is that we don't have to do anything to anybody for them to mistreat us David had been loyal to Saul he had served Saul with distinction but Saul was jealous of David and his jealousy turned to hatred and his hatred caused him to persecute David and now David finds himself hiding in a cave and he's afraid that he is going to die and in that situation he needed some reassurance and so God began to speak to David's heart and David was so moved by what God told him that he wrote this psalm and spoke to his need of reassurance in times of fear he says when I really get afraid I come to you in trust. We need to know that there's good basis for that trust today. First, David put his trust in God because he knew that God was able. David could testify, I've tried God in the past and, and God has never let me down. He could tell you about his days as a shepherd tending his father's sheep. And one day he was faced with a lion and a bear. And it seemed like there was no way out. But God made a way for David out of no way. He could tell you about his first experience on the battlefield facing a warrior by the name of Goliath. And it looked like David would easily be destroyed. But God was with David. And God gave him success against Goliath and brought him victory. And so based on what God had already done in his life, David knew that he could trust God. Because God is able. Shiloh, do you know that God is able? Has he ever done anything for you? To let you know that he is able? Was there ever a time when it looked like the enemy was going to prevail, and yet God showed that he was able? He picked you up. He turned you around. He built a hedge around you to protect you from your enemies. Can anybody here say, God is able? He had reassurance because he knew that God was able. Then he had reassurance because he knew that God cared. And Shiloh, that's an important thing. It's one thing to know that he's able, but it's something else to know that he cares. You see, ability wouldn't mean anything. If he didn't care, no. you got folk around you in your life right now who are able to help you, but they don't care about you. And so ability without concern doesn't mean anything. But I thank God that he's not just a God who's able, but he's a God who cares. He's not just God above me but he's God with me. I'm impressed with creation. I'm I'm glad that he created the heavens and the earth. I like going out and looking at the stars in the sky, but when I'm in trouble, I need more than stars in the sky. I need someone to hold my hand. I need someone to dry the tears from my eyes. I need someone to embolden me and tell me everything is going to be all right. When I can't help myself, I need somebody to say, be still and know that I am God. I haven't brought you this far to leave you. I'm not just able. But I care. And the fact that God is a personal God is reassurance in times of fear. Finally, David could trust God because he knew that God was always the same. My brothers and sisters, in this life, you need somebody who's always the same. Have you ever had somebody tell you they love you at 910 and by 912, they forgot who you were? You ever had somebody to tell you, I'm going to stay with you? And then when you get in trouble, you look around and ain't nobody there. I don't know about you. But I'm glad that he's always the same. I'm not always the same with him. I confess. I mess up sometimes. I fall short sometimes. There are things that I should do that I don't do. There are things that I promised him that I wouldn't do that I went on and did anyhow. But I'm glad that his sameness toward me is not dependent on me being the same toward him. He's the same in his love. He's the same in his concern. He's the same in his forgiveness. He's the same in his power. He's the same in his provision. He's still making a way out of no way. The same David said it this way. Even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me right in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. You cause my cup to run over. He's the same, I tell you. And because David knew he was the same, He could offer this testimony. Surely, 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 goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And when this life is over, when I've gone the last mile
0: of the way, when I've.